0: Welcome mm-hmm. to The mm-hmm. Specifist, to specify like your specific. philosophy and life. <laughs> um, certain things that we do, going physical philosophical, talking about suffering, because people always talk about suffering in spiritual circles and um I think there are some problems with the ideas of suffering that people have and I want to go over should you get rid of all of your suffering is it possible the answer is I don't think it is I think it's honestly uh, not only is it impossible but it's um actually going to increase your suffering and i explain why this is so what is suffering really suffering is a reaction to something uh, in particular a resistance to something right so say you have a thing that happened maybe your car broke down Mine's first the resi- first thought is resistant thought. Um and the resistant thought is probably gonna be anger or annoyance or sadness or whatever Whatever reason whatever it was, right? So I differ from most um people in this regard, spiritual te- people in this regard in a sense, because Typically, what what happens is with suffering is you get the first reaction, like annoyance or anger or whatever it is that you're going to get. Which honestly, I don't really consider to be suffering for the most part because most of those things are more physical and biological than they are mental. And what I mean with this is like if you. Give, it, give me an example, a really good example, really easy example to see what I'm talking about. So, let's say you hear a really loud noise. You're going to get startled, You're going maybe it's going to cause a little bit of fear inside your body, or annoyance or anger for a second, and then you're going to go, okay, and then you go back to normal. This is why I say that suffering, or so-called negativity, isn't actually a problem at first, because it's actually a, You could almost call it a a physical response to outer stimuli. And even inner stimuli to a certain extent as well. But the problem happens not with those things, those emotions that come up, the first uh, reactions. Because I think those are fine for the most part. Like there are problems with prolonging those, but that's what we're really getting into here. Um, The problem is... That goodbye. Sorry, I'm trying not to go on here. <laughs> the mind, it not only does not only does it resist these things, but then it obsesses over these things. Like, oh no, I'm suffering. I'm feeling mad or sad or about something or depressed about something. You know, it's, it it becomes it doesn't become physical or biological reaction anymore. It just becomes uh, something that is prolonged within the mind. Um, and so this is why I don't think you should or can eliminate suffering because most people, what most people consider people to be suffering is this biological reaction, number one. Number two is... Um, there's actually some evidence to suggest that the, the mind the body needs some stress, and stress and suffering are basically virtually similar, right? But the stress is it depends on how the stress is done, and how much stress is there. That that's that's another episode for another time because there's a lot to go in there. Two there's a lot to go into on that subject, but <clears throat> so. Why do I say this, that, that the mind or that suffering is the second reaction? The first reaction is like startlement or fear or anger or whatever it is. The only, the only major exception, I think, to this rule typically is things like depression. Um, for a couple of reasons, right? Um, now, depression and upset is a bit of a different topic. know, upset, like if somebody is sad, that's that the first, that's because the first, you know, reaction might have been sadness or something. You might have been upset or you might have been whatever it is, right? But depression is, and perhaps the major difference, I think, and I think this is something that's overlooked by a lot of spiritual and psychological people, is that things like anger and upset or whatever it is, when they're first are generated, or the thing about these things is that when they're first generated, they can disappear easily if you don't resist them, if you don't try and control them, or if you don't obsess over them. Uh, because there are basically three basic category categories of things that you can do, uh, and that you will do in as regards to any kind of emotion. Or anything at all, really. First category is to... What you usually see is, is resistance. People resisting what is or they are getting mad at it, or they're trying to stop it. They're trying to control it, which is another form of resistance. Um, or they are trying to remove. They're trying to suppress it. They're trying to bottle, bottle it down. That's the second form. Um I, guess, I suppose you could say that the first or the second form is uh, part of the first form, but the only reason why I don't make that distinction or why I do make this distinction between these two is because typically the second suppression is considered to be more of a problem than resistance in some ways. Because with suppress with, with the resistance, you you usually typically know, you're resisting things. You may not be aware completely at the time that you are, but then if you think about it, you go, "Oh yeah, I was resisting resisting this, and I was getting annoyed at that." But with suppression, or completely bottling emotions and and not resisting them or noticing them, is direct unawareness of an emotion, a state of mind, of you know whatever it is. Third kind. Avoid to deal with these things. The third category. Is. What I call mindfulness. The mindful category. Which doesn't just include mindfulness. Like. You know. Becoming aware of your emotion. uh, Without judging it. Without resisting it. As much as possible. But also. Things like forgiveness of the emotion. I made an episode about this a while back. um, Because I think. Uh, Forgiveness can apply to emotions Just as much as they do to People if not more so in some ways Um, So Emotions Are are, Our body You know a lot of people Get this mistaken identity Idea Mistaken, mistaken idea, mistaken idea, that emotions are mental. That there's something that is happening because of thoughts that are happening, but emotions are surprisingly physical. Um, you know, for instance, you may have a thought in your head, and in your and your, your um mind, but typically that those thoughts are in the head area, they're in the body, um they're physical as well, but they're a little bit different because they're not necessarily based on physical stimuli completely. Like, there will be times where it is like, oh, I have to do this and do this or whatever. But, you know, with with thoughts and with imagination and with the mind, it's not completely physical, which is one of the reasons why the mind is so... That's um, what I'm looking for here. The mind is so... It's so easy to become deluded by what the mind is doing. Because the mind is not 100% physical. You know, like things like imagination and daydreams. And things like this are pr- um, products uh, of the mind's imagination. They're not physical. They're not real in the sense of like, you know, the floor or the ceiling or, or this phone that I'm using to record this episode or whatever, but they're real in the sense of the emotions and, uh, thoughts and things that they can kind of create physically in the body, and so as a result of this, it creates the possibility, the very strange, um, phenomenon called delusions, uh, which aren't just, like, visual or voices or... Whatever, like sometimes people think of when they think of delusions, they think of things like physical hallucinations or voices. Um, but delusions are, in some ways, more. Delusions can be mental or physical. Like you can have, you can believe be deluded into believing that you are God, or you can be deluded into believing that your imagination is more powerful than reality, or you can be deluded into believing that you are. The only person in this universe. And that everybody else is just like a mirror effect of yourself. Or whatever it is. You know it, it doesn't matter what the illusions are. But the point is that the mind. Is very good at doing this to itself. It's kind of random but. You know the mind is, is very good at doing this. And so as a result. This is what causes suffering. And in, in t- nine times out of ten. that The prolonged suffering. Uh, is caused by, not complete delusion, but is often caused by, it can be caused by complete delusion, but oftentimes it's caused more by um, exaggerations or distortions of reality. So, give an example, right? Like, say you, the mind, or the body, because like I said, emotions are surprisingly physical if you ever find yourself in an emotional state, one thing you can do is you can look to to the body. Typically, it's in like the heart areas or in the center of the body somewhere where you'll find the emotion. You can f- literally feel it. It's like a sensation in the body. But we, what you will notice is that the body is, is having an emotion. That's the first step, right? That's the first reaction. That's normal reaction. That's kind of like a like I said, if something happens, really loud noise comes or somebody touches you and you weren't expecting it, you jump and maybe even feel some fear or anxiety or whatever. That's the physical uh, side of the emotion. Um, but the mental side is when the mind starts distorting, in a sense, of what is happening. You know, the, the mind can then start saying things like, oh no, this person might be coming to attack me or this person might be coming to hurt me or this person is just being annoying deliberately or it's distorting things from what is here right now it doesn't mean that these things aren't true maybe this person is coming to annoy you right but the, at the time of this thing and at that pre- at that present moment there is no evidence of this and so the mind is kind of creating this from its imagination. And so, this is what suffering is. Suffering is resistance to the emotion. The emotion is, is telling you, is kind of like a physical response to something. Um, you know, it's an interesting discussion that we could I could make more episodes on, but I think most people misunderstand what emotions really are. Um, you know, most people make this kind of like implicit assumption. That emotions are like telling you something. Like emotions are saying this or that or this. And there's some evidence to perhaps just suggest this. But most, I think the more interesting way of looking at emotions are that emotions are just sensations in the body. That they're not actually implicitly stating something. But that that, that comes about later because the mind. And the mind is now kind of like... Putting ideas about what this emotion is saying into your your mind, like um, I'm trying to get think of a good example of how this happens naturally, anyways. But you know, say your mind, say you uh, are having you know computer issues. It's actually a funny so, funny thing that I've noticed people will do sometimes with the world happens is they'll have computer issues and they'll go they'll uh, have this like idea that computers are just trying to cause us problems right <laughs> I mean, you know it's kind of like done in like a joke, in a joking kind of way but that's a kind of an example of how you can um, use this function and, and there's many different ways in which this happens. But basically, the mind is adding something to the emotion that wasn't necessarily there in the beginning, in the first place. But Because, like I said, the mind... There's two basic thoughts. There's two basic types of uh, thoughts that the mind has. Symbolized thinking, which is things like words, images, visual, uh, or, you know, whatever it is, right? Words, images... Um, sometimes other kinds of symbolized thinking, like symbols and, and, and thoughts and, and speech in the head and things like this, right? But then there's another kind of thought called unsymbolized thinking. And this is thought that is kind of like, it has no words, it has no symbols, head none, none of these things. Um, and these thoughts... Are often kind of almost overlooked because the because it's because the symbolized thinking takes up more of what's what's happening, right? So, give an example of how this can look in, in in a sort of more of a physical sense, right? So, say you have, say you're outside, right, and say you're. Well, i will give you another shift, right? Say you're inside, right? And you have an air conditioner going or, you know, it's winter right now. So you have your heater going, but you also have conversations going. You have the TV going and whatnot, right? Normally, because of these things, you wouldn't notice the heater going because it's constantly going. It's kind of in the background. And so because of that, you're not going to be noticing it. It's something similar to that with unsymbolized thinking, because unsymbolized thinking actually happens more than people realize it does. But because we are so used to hearing things in language and symbols and images, that unsymbolized thinking kind of gets put into the background um, and creates what I call implicit statements or understandings. And one of these implicit statements is that emotions symbolize X, whatever the X is, right? Say anger is happening. The thought behind it is that emotion, that anger is symbolizing that I'm I'm annoyed at this person, right? When really, maybe anger, really all, all, all it really symbolizes is that something happened to startle the body. And then from there the mind added to it said, well, no, I'm the one that's anger, I'm the one that's, you know, whatever it is. Um, and so, the anger is being, uh, the understandings about anger are being supplemented by the mind. Like, anger is caused by me. I'm the one who's angry, right? Um, but going back into your suffering, right? So this is where me and most other people just uh, differentiate, I think, between emotions and suffering. Because well, most teachings will tell you, spiritual teachings, and Buddhism and spiritual teachings is that emotions are you know, wrong and, and suffering is bad. Um, but I make those distinctions because... Emotions are very physical. They're very much tied into our survival. You know, like if you see a bear and if you hear it really loudly, you know, it's probably going to cause fear within the body. That's not something that happens because of the thoughts. That's something that's caused by the body. It's a natural response to fearful stimuli, stimuli like like a bear. Um, and so the emotion is more of a warning system, It's more of a, like, a attention crapper, like, oh, this is happening, go, 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 you know, um, it's only later, even if that's only, like, a half a second later, or a half a millisecond later, later even though that the, that the mind then says, I am the one that's angry, and then starts getting resistant up to the thing that makes the mind angry, which uh, lo- makes the anger last longer. Um, and that's my distinction. That's why I say that the emotions themselves aren't suffering. Suffering is the mind's response to the emotion because the mind realizes that this is the problem, this is the cause. Or perhaps even that the the emotion itself is a problem and this is annoying and this is bad which creates this uh, the pro- prolonging of the emotion. Makes it stronger even in some cases. <clears throat> and so the mind is keeping the emotion going because the body doesn't understand the difference between real things, reality and thoughts that ...are... Uh, deluded about reality. Well, not really diluted, but... Um, ...I guess it's kind of the closest word. But distorting reality, I guess, would be closer. Because technically... ...you could say that you exist and that you are angry. But what the mind does is it distorts what it sees to fit this narrative because it it is trying to get rid of it or it's trying to get rid of the thing that causes the anger, whatever, whatever the case may be, depending on your, your temperament or depending on what you would rather do, you know, things like this and depending on your value system. So should you get rid of suffering? The answer is no, because emotions typically the, the typical understanding of suffering has to do with negative emotions. And like I said, I think negative emotions, at least at first, are created by the body, and then are kind of just prolonged by the mind, by distortions and reality that, that by uh, distortions and reality that the mind creates. So there's three basic ways or categories. I said categories, and I'm, I guess I'm kind of sticking to that. In which <clears throat> The mind can deal with emotions. Or events. Or both. Or all three. Or more. Even Perhaps even more things than just events emotions, but ideas or whatever it is, right? The first one is to resist it. By saying, no, this idea is bad, or this thought is bad, or this emotion is bad, or if not the emotion, then the thing that caused the emotion. This thing is bad. The thing that caused my emotion. Say if you get angry because somebody steps on your toe when it hurts you get angry at the person instead of the emotion or you could get angry at the emotion or you could get angry at yourself for letting this person step on your toe whatever it is right and so the first one is resistance that's the typical response the mind has to these emotions And and the reason why I'm saying these emotions is because without the emotion, I don't really know. I don't really know if the the mind would respond. I don't really think the mind would respond, because the emotion is a, an attention grabber. It's trying to get you to change the event or to notice and to become more aware of what is happening. Um. You no know, fear is a good example, like fear, oh shit, there's a bear right there, you better do something, you better run, you better go, 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 do something, right? Um, and so emotions are trying to get you to do something, might not be the wisest thing to do, but it's trying to get you to do something, or trying to become get you to become more aware, at the very least. Um, so the second one is, like I said, suppression suppression is more of or we could call it repression i don't really know the differences but basically you're instead of becoming aware of your emotions or even resisting them you're pushing them down and becoming way less aware of them and the third way is mindfulness. and one day what i might what i might do is i might do like a uh you know what, I might as well try and do it here. I don't know how well it's going to go out come, uh, turn now, but is basically what I want to try and do is give you like a live exercise showing the differences between these three, right? So before we could do that though, you might be asking me, well, which one is the best in this situation? Should I resist it? Should I, you know, suppress it? Or should I become mindful of it? Um, and. My answer. Well. I will say that my answer is. For myself at least. To become mindful of it as much as possible. For you it could be different. Like it, it doesn't really matter. Like I'm not going to say. Oh you should become mindful of your emotions. Because then I would be no better than like a zealot. But there's a couple reasons why I would sh- say to become a more mindful <coughs> of these uh, emotions, these reactions. Because really what they are, are reactions to stimuli that is happening. Uh, either mind emotions, I'm going to make these distinctions here, mind emotions versus uh, physical or bodily emotions. There's a very big big difference because, like I said, mind emotions are emotions that are caused by distortions in your your reality and your thinking. That mind that your mind has created. You know whatever those distortions are. Uh, and if you know anything about cognitive distortions, you you kind of know what I'm talking about. But it goes. There's there's a lot more that. Cognitive distortions don't really talk about as much as you, you. Um, I have in other ways, but it, it's it covers the basics of it at least. So the mind, or sorry, not the mind, bodily emotions. Talked about mind emotions already. Bodily emotions are caused by physical, physical reality or stimuli. you know, something, something makes a really loud noise, it startles you, it causes fear, it might cause anger, it's a bodily emotion because it's not really caused by the mind because it it, it happens too fast. The mind will see that emotion though and go, oh, this is bad, you're a dumb person for doing that, whatever that was, it starts judging, it starts flaming. it starts getting annoyed. Um, so, I want you, right now, because what, what I want to do is to help you discern the differences between these three. Is to become aware of a time where you had an emotion. A recent time, you know, maybe within a day. Whether you were angry or annoyed or depressed or or upset or whatever it is, right? Become aware of that time. And the first thing to do is to express the emotion in your head or out loud. If you're brave enough and you're out and you're by yourself, you can do it by out loud. But really to just express it in your head, which is what we typically do. We resist what is the event or the emotion um this is the first category so try and do that right now if you, if you have that emotion if it's still strong enough suppress it or not suppress it we'll get into that in a minute and just keep exp- and just express it in your head like this person did this to me or this you know, whatever it is be be moderately specific The second way is suppression. Notice the emotion and try and bottle it up inside. There's a interesting term called compartmentalization, which is basically where you take things and thoughts and emotions and you put them in compartments and you lock the door and you don't see them again. For this e- for this episode we're not going to do that go that extreme, but we're going to you know just Do it for a couple of seconds just to see the differences. Notice the difference between the first way and the second way. Now you've done that. You've compartmentalized for a second. Now become aware of the emotion again. Unlock it from your compartment. And just simply become aware of your emotion if your mind starts resisting the emotion well that's fine if the mind starts saying things just notice that become aware of that don't try and get rid of the resistance because that's not really going to work Um, just become aware that that's happening, and if possible, accept the fact that, that you're it. resisting what is. If you are, and in fact, resisting what is. And all acceptance really means is is this this term I think can kind of get to mistranslated, but really what it means is just face this thing head on, just observe it purely and and. Consciously, without judging or resisting this, whatever it is. The closest term I think that I've heard for this is called non-interference. So, just keep noticing that emotion. And notice the differences between the first two ways, which were resistance and suppression which one worked better Did becoming mindful of the emotion and the resistance to the emotion work did it help Did it fix the emotion may have gotten may not have gotten rid of it but it might have uh, decreased it the, the emotions are and the reason why is because, so, there's basically two systems, um, so, two basic nervous systems, which we may be, most of us may be familiar with, and, uh, I'm mostly just kind of guessing on these, the second one, but, and they, they are the sympathetic and the parasympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system. Sympathetic is things like fear, you know, if you get too fearful if you have too much strong emotion, if it's too intense. Basically, is you're trying to you you're basically you're basically going to be controlled by this emotion. You're not going to be relaxed or calm or anything like this. I think there's certain degrees, different degrees to this, but that's basically how the sympathetic sympathetic nervous system works. Parasympathetic is... Uh, some, some people have called it the uh, rest and digest function. It's used when you're more relaxed, more calm. You know, when you're eating. In some cases, in many cases even. Perhaps. <clears throat> and it is characterized by less emotions, typically speaking. Not necessarily no emotion, but less emotion. Less strong emotion, especially, um, and so becoming mindful of these emotions, from what I've noticed, and I could be wrong about this, but from what I've noticed, can bring you closer to the parasympathetic system because you're not you're not controlled by them, or you're not forced into. Becoming too intensified by these emotions and, and things like this. So your emotions are... To, to wrap this episode up... Um, making this as simple as possible... Your emotions are just physical responses to... Outer or inner stimuli. And so I distinct, uh, make these two distinctions between bodily emotions emotions that are created by events outer stimuli you know like a bear or you know whatever it is right versus uh versus uh mind emotions or mind created emotions created by more things like homework or things like um i didn't do the things i was supposed to do with on an, uh, today or whatever it is right there's basically three ways to deal with these, these types of emotions. You, know, you can resist them, either resist the emotion or resist the event that caused the emotion, suppress them, or be m- mindful of them. hope this helps, this a very um, radical, uh, well, I don't know if I said radical, but it's a very different interpretation and understanding of uh, emotions and suffering than what most of these spiritual teachers will explain to you. Um, And there are certain nuances when, when it comes to these, but you know, typically I find these to be true statements. And so this is why I differentiate between emotions and suffering, because if you try and stop emotions, which is what most people do, that's what cr- increases and st- and makes suffering stronger. So, mind created emotions versus bodily emotions are a very important distinction, in my opinion. You know, your response might be, "But I want to get rid of the bodily emotions and things like this," and I'm like, "Well, you can do that. There's easy ways to do this." Um, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. You know, that's fine. If you want to do that, um, but the, but the distinction I will make here is that if you do do this, you're, you know, if you do want to do this, it will it may cause you more resistance when the emotions do end up happening, um, and more suffering, and whatnot, and if you. Uh, want to stop suffering completely it might you, you know you might you know your body's not actually meant to handle that kind of uh power like it, your body's actually meant to run on uh, of some stress not a lot of stress but some definitely not as much as uh our society has created for us but and that most people um engage in in everyday life but some And so that's why I make the difference between stress, I guess, and suffering. Stress meaning the bodily emotions, like anger or whatever. That might be caused by startlement or whatever it is. Versus uh, mind emotions. Or what you can can call it, the simplest term, is resistance. So, anyways, I hope this helps, and I'll talk to you in the next one.